Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Paris, and Kyle, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. On our podcast, we weekly discuss topics that are typically left in the shadows, and we do our best to shine God's light and love onto them. Welcome here. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. Today we are doing a very special interview, and I have with me Alana, as always. Yay! And I have, we have a very special guest, Ruth Joseph. Ruth, say hello. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) All right, so Ruth, why don't you start us off and just tell us a bit about who you are, how you grew up, what your story is, how you got to where you are today. Just get, let the people get to know you a little bit. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your platform. This is such an honor. Yeah, thanks for coming. I appreciate that. I'm here. But just to give you guys a little background, again, as they mentioned, I am Ruth Joseph. Um, On all my social media platforms, I am am Ruth Joseph. Um, But I grew up in a Christian home, believe it or not. My father is a pastor, was a deacon, but now a pastor. And my mom just was everywhere in the church. She wow. she did everything. Um, mm-hmm. But getting being raised in the church uh, was growing up. I should say was in a very strict home. We only had three options. That was our lifestyle, and that lifestyle was pretty much church, school, and home. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that never existed. We were not allowed to hang out with friends or none of that case unless they were church friends, and we would have to see them in church. So growing up every single day was a church activity, so much so that I hated going to church because I just knew that it would Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, there was something, we're going to somebody's house to pray. We're going, we got to go to church for Wednesday night service. It was just a lot. Um, And I felt like I was being forced a lot. And I just, the moment that I was able to say, you know, of age, I was just like, no. I'm running. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be able to, you know, to mm-hmm. go to church and like you guys all the time. Um, but really, shortly after of just really wanting to live this life on my own terms, um, at the age of 24, I got pregnant out of wedlock. Um, and even through this um, time of me trying to find myself outside of my parents, um, um, just wanting me to be in church. Um, I was still going to church, but I was going to church Hmm. on my terms. It wasn't forced, right? Right. And at the age of 24, I got pregnant and I used to sing a lot. I grew up singing a lot in church and um, I got kicked out. I got kicked out out of my choir because they found Hmm. that I was pregnant and I had to just every activity that there was, they did not want me to participate in it because I guess I was just setting a bad example. So again, that left me a bad taste in my mouth of just not wanting to be a part of this culture or this religion because I felt casted out, you know? Yeah. Um, And so again, it just started spiraling down again. My life just kind of went just out of control to really be honest with you, where I was just seeking this attention outside of my parents, because I've lived in a wonderful, loving home. My parents till today are married and still serving the Lord. Mm. So I thank them now, (laughs) you know, that they never gave up on me, but it did allow me um, to feel a sense of rejection, um, especially from men because every, um, especially when I got kicked out of my church activities, that was a pastor who was a male that kicked me out. So there, that's ah. when kind of the journey of just feeling rejected, feeling abandoned mm-hmm. um, happened. I, um, the person that I um, fell in love with at the age of 24 and had my wonderful daughter at the age of one, he decided to just walk out. There was no... A notice. There was nothing. It was just one day got up and said, I'll be back and just never came back. And so, yeah. And so that, again, I've experienced rejection. Yeah. So it just went down from there because then at that point I was just like, you know what? The heck with it. I'm just going to do me. I don't care. Um, Got into really, really horrible relationships. No abuse, but just 
feeling unvalued, unworthy, um, and didn't really care about myself. I didn't care mm-hmm. about myself at all. But I remember um, God just really allowed me to go through that because I didn't have any connection with him or anything like that. You know, it was just, yeah, I go to church, but I had absolutely no idea who God was. Okay. Mm. Um, I remember I was living in Miami at the time and my daughter is about six or seven years old at this point. And there was this friend of mine who just kept saying, Hey, won't you just come to Georgia? Won't you move to Georgia? There's so much opportunities. There's like life out here. You'd be fine, you know, and I can help you with your daughter. Cause I was a single mom. Yeah. And so after three years of her just being so persistent, finally, one day I just said, you know what? Fine. I'll get up and go. And I did. I left everything behind and I got up and I left. When I got there, maybe three months in, she came to me and she said, hey, my home is going under foreclosure. You have to leave. You have about oh my goodness. Uh, a week. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You got to go. You got to go. And um, I said, okay. I've never been to Georgia, so I don't know anything about Georgia. I didn't have any family or nothing. I was just trusting her. This is my friend, good friend, that I would be able to navigate, figure it out maybe in a year, you know, she gave me that time before, but she said, I got to go. And so I literally looked on Google and I looked on um, a city. I looked up a city and it gave me a city and I said, okay, I'll go try it out. It looked like it was in my budget, whatever. And so I got it. I took $5,000, which was the only thing I had in my, um, what was that? The savings account. Um, But it was like a retirement. Yes. Retirement account. I took it out. And I paid first last month and that was that. I depleted everything so much so that I did not have electricity, not even realizing that everything was separate, okay? And here's my daughter who is just me and her. And I, man, I, man, one day I just sat there and I cried and I cried like a baby. I cried so much. And she was in the next room and she came to me and she looked me down because I was like literally sitting on the floor just as I am right now. And she stood me up. And she, she looked down and she said, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I said, nothing, nothing. I'm fine. And she says, mommy, I will never leave you. Hmm. Don't cry. I, you're Aww. my roommate. So, you know, just at that time, even if I didn't understand who God was at that moment, I now look back and I said, that's scripture. Mm-hmm. That he will never forsake you. Mm-hmm. He will never leave you. And he wanted to plant those little seeds um, because he knew where I was going. I didn't but he knew. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Awesome. Awesome story. That's yeah. so cool. And so where are you now? So now I am happily married, <laughs> um, which is a whole nother story. I just feel like salvation is just a continuation, right? It never ends. You're always asking God for forgiveness. You're always yeah. asking God for mercy. Um, but he saw fit. He saw that I uh, desired love and wanted to have this family that I could call my own um, and, and be the wife that I know that I'm able to be like I'm capable, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a year of me just not wanting to be involved with anybody. I was I literally just cleansed myself. I just didn't want to be involved and cloud up my judgment. I just said, you know what? I'm taking this year um, of celibacy. I don't want to deal with nobody. It's just me and my daughter. And if the rest of the my years of living, if that's it, I'm content at this point. But God, you know, he has a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, a, a friend of mine had invited me somewhere and um this guy just comes walking in and I'm just like, he comes to talk to me and I'm just like, who are you? You know, why are you talking to me? (laughs) And and, um, he was just like, Hey, you know, just being chatty or whatever. And then I remember just giving him my number and I told him, Hey, I know I had a friend that was coming in town and you know, maybe you can help me around because you've been here for eight, nine years. I've just got here. So I don't really know much. He said, sure. No problem. And that was the end of it. That's my husband now. Okay. He basically saw me two weeks in and he was just like, you're going to be my wife. I thought he was crazy. Yes, I did. Um, but Bold. He, right. <laughs> but he knew, he knew what he wanted. He saw something that I didn't even see in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, 
that's what he wanted. And so I gave him a hard time to believe it or not. I gave him such a hard time because (laughs) one, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable enough because of the things that he was doing, what he was showing me. I've never, ever experienced in any type of relationship. He was Mm -hmm. showing me, he was just showing me so much love um, and just his kindness and, and, and how fragile, like he just, it was as if I was this vase, right? Mm. That he just did not want to break and he cherished it with everything. He spoiled me. He just made me feel like, like this goddess, you know, Mm. and it was something that I was not used to. I've been so accustomed to giving and giving and giving because I wanted some sort of acceptance. And so I was the one that would take guys out on a date. And, and I was the one that would ask, you know, is everything okay? Like, or, you know, what do you think we're doing here? Like, what, what are we doing? You know, right. I'm asking these questions as if I'm begging for this relationship, mm. but that was only because I didn't understand who I was and yeah. the value that I bring as a female, let alone a child of God. But again, that seed that God was planting, it was just I wasn't there yet to even understand the magnitude of his grace and his mercy that was on me. Um, And so anyway, so I was just like baffled. I was like, who are you? Like at some point you're going to break. Like you are, Mm. this is too good to be true. There's no way. Like for instance, he would take my car. He'd say, um, you know, I just need to take your car. I need to put gas in it because I'm leaving. He's a truck driver. So he says, I'm leaving for the week. I'm leaving for like three, four days. I need to make sure that you're gassed up. You're fine. I'm checking your oil. And I'm just, what? Who, who does that? <laughs> this guy wanted to ask my parents permission before even dating me. Like what? Mm. I've never experienced that. And so I rejected his love because I didn't understand the love that was being given to me. I didn't, I didn't know that that was love. And so my safety net, I I built this wall because I was just afraid that, okay, if I accept it, would he he leave me again? Like, would he leave? Cause everybody's just been leaving, you know? Right. But nonetheless, here we are. Um, My parents were just like, Oh, we love him. Um, So yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, follow through, see what happens. And so a year later, we get married. <laughs> wow. We get married. Yes. A year later, we get married. Um, and just to really d- jump right into it as well, as far as like us not being equally yoked, which is something that I didn't even understand at that point, because I was such a lukewarm Christian. Right. I just went to church. I didn't know who God was. I didn't, I didn't know none of that, but something drastic happened. Um, after we got married, um, we had our first son, Christian, who is now seven years old. He just mm. had a birthday. Um, and then Aww. we had <laughs> and then we had Mason. Mason is five now, but at the time he was about 10 months old. And he had this long off, you know, this this uh long cold, this longing mm. cold that just would not go away. He kept coughing and coughing. And you know, as mothers. Like, we don't want to see our babies sick. It's like yeah. a constant cough and they're wheezing and things like that. And so I kept going to the hospital. Nothing. Doctor would be like, oh, mom, you'll be fine. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And so one day, um, my sister's uh, son was turning one. We go to the party and we're at this party and I'm holding my son, Mason. And my sister looked at him and said, huh, he just looks weird. I said, doesn't he? He looks weird. I think I'm going to take him to the hospital. And so I did take him to the hospital. And the doctor again said that um, he'll get, before he gets better, he'll get worse, but he'll be fine. That's what he kept saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all really understand that, but I don't know no doctor that's going to tell me before it get worse, it's going to get better. So will he die first? And then you'll, right. you know, <laughs> resurrect him. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> no kidding. Right. And so, um, I, Hey, he's a doctor. And so I just said, Oh, okay. And I went home, but I saw how miserable my son was. Like he could not breathe. And I just, Mm. he's such a happy baby. And he just didn't have it in him to even like lift his head up or his body. And I was just like, 
this is crazy. And so that night I slept on the floor with him, just trying to find a way to make him ease, you know, to, to be comfortable and nothing yeah. happened. So I woke up seven o'clock in the morning. I'll never forget. I woke up seven o'clock in the morning. I got dressed and I told my husband, Hey, I'm going to the hospital. He was like, won't you just listen to the doctor? I said, Hey, I will call you when I get there because I'm going. <laughs> yeah. So I go to the, another hospital and as I'm um, signing up, for registration, there's this nurse that's clocking out, comes out and she's like, um, oh, what's wrong with him? And I said, he can't breathe. She looks at him and says, come here with me. So mind you, she's she's trying to go home. She's had a long shift. Right. She's going home, but she stopped in the middle of her track, saw my son and ran to the back of the ER. When I got to the back, we got into a room and I kid you not, maybe two seconds, there was this massive flood of doctors, um, IV specialists, uh, cardiac, whatever. Like it was just, it was crazy. And I'm just looking like I'm, I'm stuck. I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. And all I saw was like needles. They're putting right. pressure there, everything. And he's losing oxygen by the second. Wow. Here we are at almost 75%. I mean, he should be dead. Oh. Dead. He was turning blue. Oh my goodness. And even as I'm sharing this, I always get teary eyed, but it was, it's such a joy to know that this story is what brought me to Jesus. Okay. But he mm. goes in and they say, uh, mom, he's going to need to go into ICU. And I'm literally like verbatimly saying it out because I didn't understand at first. And I said, intensive care unit. Oh my God, this is critical. Wow. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm not a doctor and he's suffering at home. So yes, please take him. Yeah. And we get to the room and there's this 24 year old girl. She just started maybe two days ago and she's writing her name on the board and she's introducing herself and she's putting her number down. If you want, you know, for me to contact her whenever and friendly, bubbly and everything. And here I am holding Mason again as they're fixing his bed and they're strapping him up with all of this stuff. And she looks at Mason and she's like, huh? And I said, huh, what? And she runs to the doctor. <laughs> there was two doctors that were talking in the room and runs to the doctor and says, he needs, he needs rest. He needs to go down now. We like, we need to put him in a coma like now. Now, I don't know about y'all, but oh my if goodness. You, if you guys understand oh boy. Chain of commands, we all know chain of commands, don't we? Right. Mm -hmm. You can't tell a yeah. doctor you're a nurse, but she didn't care. You know why she didn't care? Because she was on an assignment. Hmm. I believe that God intervened and that God sent his angel and that if wow. it wasn't for God, my baby. Anyways, so she says he needs to go. When they didn't listen to her and they said, no, we're just going to go follow protocol. She went back to them louder, spoke louder and said he needs to go under now. Wow. They looked at each other and they said, okay. And they ushered me out of there because they didn't want me to see all of this stuff that was going on. Right. And they put him under. Three days later, and even before that, I got to the hospital floor at this point. I didn't care if that hospital had poop, the floor had poop, uh, urination, vomit. I didn't care what it was. When I tell you I got to my knees on that hospital floor and I said, God, if you are who everyone is saying you are, then you'll save my son. And if you save my son, I will honor you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. And I meant every bit of it. And three days later, so significant to me, and this is why I'm so passionate about even what I'm about to share with you now, but three days later, my son woke up. And one of the things that they mentioned to me, the doctors were forewarning me. They were saying they he would not know who I am, oh. that I would have to give him oh, time. Wow. Yeah because of all of the oxygen and that he's now trying to rebuild and all of this stuff. And he, they said I, he wouldn't know me. 
And three days later, when he woke up, he not only yanked out every wire, whatever that was on him. I don't know if he thought he was Hercules. (laughs) But every single wire that was attached to him, including the feeding tube, he took everything out. He turned his head around. He looked directly at me and he said, mommy. Oh, my heart. Oh, he knows who I am. And you know what happened that day? I gave my life to Christ right in that hospital. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Wow. I gave my life to Christ. So fast forward two months later, I get baptized um, at my church. And um, I was so excited. I have been wanting to get baptized for the past five years prior to my um, the day the day I got baptized. But I was so excited, y'all. So I ran to my husband and I was just like, babe, I'm getting baptized. You know, you got to come to the church. You got to come, you know, support me. And he was like, what are you, a baby? What are you getting baptized? What the, right. Like, <laughs> Christmas? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And it crushed my spirit, y'all. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so I was so, I was still excited. Yes, I was crushed to see there were other couples um, that were getting baptized that day. And it was mm. just me solo. Right. Um, I was so hurt, but I already devoted my, like, my life. I said what I said and I wasn't going to take it back. Yeah. And I got baptized. And it was so rough after that time. It was so, so rough because, you know, when your eyes can now see, mm-hmm. when the scales have fallen off and literally been washed by the blood and baptized in the Holy Spirit, like there's this newness that takes over you that you can't help but to see God's truth. And when you see something that is not of God, it's like, you don't know how to handle that because it's it's not right. And I right. live, I am under the, a roof with this person, you know, that is not. Right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So there would be times where I would be reading my Bible and he's in the bed and he's watching TV prior to me being saved. If if I was reading a book, he wouldn't care. He, he would not care at all, you know, because he loves soccer. And he was just so irritated with me reading the Bible. Hmm. Just irritated when I tell you, like, I'm so serious, like very irritated. And he would say, so what are you now married to the, to the Bible? What are you married to? What are you going to go marry the pastor? Uh, or, or like, it would be like, oh, so now you're devoting your time to the church. And what about me? And what, like, it was just a lot. Right. To the point where it really tested my faith. And I know that sometimes in the beginning of the walk, it, actually all throughout your whole walk with Christ, there's always temptations, right? Mm-hmm. But for someone who is trying to get to know Christ, um, prior to that, the enemy is not checking for you if you're not saved. I mean, right. you're not a threat, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you decide and you make that decision to walk with Christ, like it's, he is literally saying like, you just got to pick up your cross and go. Will there be circumstances and situations that will test your faith Absolutely. But you stay the course, you know, you do not be, you're not supposed to be shaken because you're building this foundation and it's on Christ. Like you have no worries, but when you're not quite matured in the word to even understand what that means, you can, you can, it could be a challenge where it's like, you know what, maybe I don't need to go to church because I don't want this chaos in my marriage. Like right. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I was I was fine before, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was it was peaceful. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden I can't even read. Like what? Yeah. So my mentor said to me one day because I was so pissed off and I'm very mouthy. I can be very mouthy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't sound like you. Hence <laughs> <laughs> why he is using me now. For his mm-hmm. purpose, and I'll take that Absolutely. because, boy, I could be mad. Amen. <laughs> um, and I was just like, okay, this is not, this is not good. This is not what I'm supposed to do. So I call her up and I said, 
this is what happened. Like, aren't you, can't you believe this? Like, this is crazy. Why would he do this to me? And blah, blah, blah. He knows how important it is to me. I'm just going off. She listened to me the entire time. And then after she was, I was done, she said, are you done? I said, yes. And she says, so why are you reading your Bible in the bedroom again? Isn't this the time that you should be spending with your husband? Do you understand that this is submissive? This is submission. This is your first ministry. This is where you're supposed, like God is not, has this list that's saying, oh, she didn't read her Bible today. Ha. Uh, right. You're supposed, your first, your ministry is home first. Your ministry is your husband. So if he's saying he doesn't want you to read the Bible, don't read the Bible. Why must you read the Bible at nighttime in the bed when you guys are supposed to be conversing? You guys right. are supposed to be, you know, this oneness and 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 just kind of like a woosah moment. We all have jobs. We all have children. We have responsibilities throughout the day. This is the time that we're supposed to literally let down our walls, let down our whatever that's frustrating us and come mm -hmm. together you know, to release right. that. And so it's, she's like, no, you don't do that. You could have easily read your Bible or choose another day to read the Bible. Like God is not punishing you for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And with your mouth, when you feel like you're about to say something, grab some water. So till uh, now I have a bottle of water <laughs> by my bedside. Love it. Just in case. He says something wrong because he occasionally says a little something, something. I just have to be able to say, you know what? And guess what? The Holy Spirit has been such a great help because you know he is, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, I will say, has taught me so much about even just me, let alone marriage and how I should be as a wife who is married to someone that is not a believer. Right. This past year, I believe it has been my boot camp season. Um, and just making sure that he, I understood what my assignment was. I must say, and whoever's listening to me, if you are in this unequally yoked marriage, this is not a punishment. Mm. It's not a punishment. In fact, you should be honored wow. that God trusts you enough to put you in the hands of someone who does not believe, but that someone is his son. Yeah. That someone is that lost sheep that he's been trying to get to that. Now you have first hand, you are the hands and feet of Jesus in your own household. And so when I started realizing the Holy Spirit is starting to minister and starting to really just remove certain things, uproot certain things that I saw in him that was a reflection of me. Mm. This is when Holy Spirit is checking, like check your heart before you can even judge. And I did a lot of that. He wasn't going to church. I'm judging. Right. If he wasn't doing mm. this, I'm judging. And I threw scriptures like crazy in this house. <laughs> but guess what? You cannot fight flesh. Right. This is not about flesh. Yes. This is a spiritual warfare that I have yes. been encountering. And I just was not mature enough to even understand. But I'm so grateful that Holy Spirit, because once you open your mouth and you say, Holy spirit, I can't do this no more. Yeah. You take over, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you take over Yeah, and he will, he will. And he gives you so much wisdom and, and, and just knowledge and yeah. learning how to, first of all, shut your mouth. That's such an, that's a ministry in itself. The shut your mouth ministry. <laughs> 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 oh, love it. You know, it's just learning to be quiet and just be humble and really have, an, have a desire to understand. Like, I never wanted to understand, I guess not, I never wanted to understand my husband, but it was just like, well, if you're not Christian, then you're just not, there's just nothing else. Like, what are you talking about? Right. But there, it, to, uh, he, that's his faith. His faith is not 
believing in God. That's his faith. Hmm. Just like Muslims, they have their faith. Buddhists, they have their faith. Yes, I know the truth. But until God has an encounter with him, who am I? Because when I was lost, when I was under, I don't know, some rock, I don't know where I was, but I'm just so thankful that God saw me fit through that mess that I was in and he chose me. Yeah. So who am I to cast my husband because he is unsaved? I was unsaved. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't treat him now. I don't treat him as if he is the enemy, mm-hmm. although he is being used by the enemy. I don't treat mm-hmm. him as the enemy. I, I, I ask God every single day to give me his eyes to see my husband. Yeah. I want to be able to see because God doesn't see us as this sinner. He sees us blameless. Yeah. He sees us clean because he's already given us that. Yeah. Right. Wow. No, that's a beautiful story, Ruth. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's so much. Like I told you, like I'm chatting. <laughs> hey that's okay i don't think anybody's gonna listen to that and not be entertained so i that's that was awesome thank you i just love talking about and i think i think that when god has his encounters with everyone and it's not all going to be at the same time right that (laughs) i think that what we forget as the body is that we see god in one way we see God as the law maker, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is the creator and he says, do not sin. And we see the commandments and we're literally rule, certain people in the church, they're rule keepers, but they don't understand that God's love, <laughs> like he, he literally sent Jesus so that he can get rid of these laws. Right. So that everybody would understand that love is first and foremost, that we are called to love. Yes, Yes. we sin. Mm -hmm. We sin daily. I can tell you a number of things even before it comes out. Your thoughts, enough. So when someone Mm -hmm. shuns me for being with someone who is unsaved, Mm -hmm. before maybe I would have some words. Right. Because <laughs> I would want to educate you. Right. But Holy Spirit has taught me that you're, to be humble is one. And that f- when people don't really understand the magnitude of who God is, it is not my job to now defend God. My job is just to continue to show the love of Christ yeah. and to apply it in my everyday life so that they may see the light through me. Yeah. But I'm not about to say, well, did you know that if in, in 2 Corinthians 7 verse? <laughs> yeah, that must be really trippy, like tricky to try and navigate. Um, yeah. yeah, with it others and tricky. then, and within your marriage too. Like it probably, like. Here's the thing. God yeah. told me in January of this year, he says, you're going to share your story about this of being with an unsaved man. You're going to share it. And I have allowed or surrendered, excuse me. I've surrendered my life to Christ, right? But I think even in surrendering, there was a small part of me that would not surrender my marriage because of fear. Right. Because Mm. of the unknown. Mm. Because if I put myself out, with my marriage, first of all, I'm definitely alarming the enemy, okay? Like, I'm like, hey, here, look at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can come, come mess with me, please. Okay, here I am, right? And to talk about something that has not yet been done, we're so accustomed as Christians, right, where we share our testimonies, where we've already overcome the testimony. So we can gladly share it because God right. has done great things and he is so faithful. Right. That's what you're but saying. in the midst of the storm, yeah, 
No one is willing to share that because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But God said to me, do you trust me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) But just think of how beautiful this testimony will be when your husband does get saved. It's like. Wow. Absolutely. And even if he does not get saved, and I think that's um, as a wife, and for those who are listening who are experiencing this right now, if you're so gun ho on him being saved, chances are he may not get saved and you're going to be pissed off about it, right? And mm. that in itself will probably cause you to turn your back away from God. Mm. But let me remind mm. you of something. God is saying that even if it doesn't happen, you are to remain faithful. Because Mm. if you don't, what you've basically done was you tried to test God, but God cannot be tested. Mm -hmm. Well, and I imagine too that if that becomes the main thing in your marriage, like it becomes a distraction from the joy of the marriage. Mm. It robs you. It robs you. And I say that because I saw it coming. If I didn't have an accountability partner, and let me tell y'all something, whoever's listening, if you're in this and you have absolutely no accountability partner, you don't have a community to belong to, a community of believers, Mm -hmm. no small groups, no nothing, you better get plugged in right now. Yes. Because what the enemy wants you to do is get into this isolation, get into your loneliness, get you in a box, and he will suffocate the mess out of you because you don't have anybody that you can call on. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't able to call my mentor that day, I don't know. Yeah. Would I be here today? Yeah. Would my marriage still be standing today? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you have to have that accountability that's going to keep you grounded in faith. When you're weak, that this person can cover you because you are living under two different authorities. That is stressful. In itself, mm-hmm. right? You have one authority that's telling you to do good, <laughs> and you have the of uh, the uh, the other authority that's telling you you could do whatever the heck you want. Right? You can live your life on your own terms, say what you want to say, how you want to say it, and 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 that's it. And I'm over here having to obey. Right? It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ruth, how you? So you have. One, you have three kids, three kids, two with your current husband. Yes. So how did, did you guys have kids before you became a Christian? Yes. Okay. Did you have any kids after you became a Christian? No. Okay. So Mason's your okay. youngest. Yes. Mason is the baby. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So what would you say to a couple who is in this unequally yoked situation and is discussing the possibility of kids because I imagine that even maybe for you still like how are we going to raise our kids are we going to take our kids to church or not what kind of morals are we going to teach them I imagine that's got to be a pretty stressful situation for lots of people in the situation this is such a huge deal Mm. I can't say that I regret because I don't because how would I be able to even speak with you guys on this matter right now yeah yeah. Don't regret. However, if you are already married and in this situation, you haven't had kids yet. I think that there has to be a, not. I think there has to be a conversation that takes place. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a make or break situation because clearly you guys are, have already devoted yourself. You've married. But there has to be a clear understanding as to how you're going to work this out right. and compassion needs to be a big, big part of it also. And when I say that, it's when you're having these types of difficult conversations, don't go in a place of, um, I guess, just like authoritative or just 
mean-spirited and not trying to understand or closed mind. Don't go in it with that because, oh, I've been a Christian all my life or I've done this. This is how my mother raised me and this is how blah, 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 because all you'll create is chaos. And that's when you invite the enemy in. Before you even deal with that, even that conversation, you need to take yourself to your prayer closet. You take yourself to wherever you need and you pray about it and meditate on it before you even involve it because you need the Holy Spirit to guide you through these conversations. Mm -hmm. I was blessed enough that before we even got married, he knew I still went to church. I didn't go to church all the time, but he knew I went to church. And what he said was very clearly and loudly, he said, I will not um, keep you away from instilling your religion on our kids. Hmm. You can take them to church all you want. You can do whatever you want. You can have them be in your religion. I'm fine. But the one thing I ask of you is not to put me in it. Hmm. He was very clear. Hmm. Now, we have some people who, both of them are saved, right? Go into marriage, they're both saved. And then later on, the guy decides he wants to walk out and he doesn't want to be a Christian anymore. Right. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is tough. But it's not impossible for God mm-hmm. to fix it, to restore yes. it. And I think when we act from a place of love, regardless of how it is, there are other things that you can talk about or you guys can do together that does not have to do with Christianity. Like you guys, one, y'all loved each other, right? And there's something that he loves to do. Maybe you guys love to go out to dinner. Maybe you guys love to watch football together. Like there are other things that come into play with marriage. And I think we're just so gun hold on this. He's not saved. He's not saved that we forget. Like you said, Kyle, like we forget that there's supposed to be joy in this thing. Like you got married for a reason. You didn't get married because he said he was a Christian or got married because he said, Oh yeah, I don't believe I'm an atheist. And you would like, Oh, sexy. Like, no, (laughs) Like, yeah, this was just what I needed. So let me get married. And then now you're stuck because you feel like there's no more way out. Y'all don't have anything in common. That's a lie. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. People now have to be able to realize the tactics of the enemy and call him out. Call him out. Call him bluff. Call Rebuke it immediately. That there are things that he would say out of the blue. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm not going to do that one. Yeah, take that back right there. And I'm saying it inside of my heart. I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm literally saying, take it back. That's not for me. Bye. Because my marriage is solid. My marriage is solid and I have everything I need right here in this marriage. We are happy. And sometimes we may not be happy, but you know what? Marriage is not called to be happy. Amen. That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get out of your feelings. Okay. All of these emotions and uh, I just, I can't, I just, I'm not in love with them. And uh, it's just too much. You are the drama. You are the drama. Holy Spirit had to tell me I was the drama. I was. (laughs) Have you all seen that reels? It's like, are you the drama? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I am the drama. And you know what? Holy Spirit has worked it out. But again, going back to what you were saying, Kyle, is how do you tell somebody, like, how do they uh, uh, get their kids involved and have that conversation prior Mm. to even having kids or have this, having this actual talk? Again, like I said, pray, pray fast, do whatever you need to do before this conversation comes into play. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, have the right words to say, because we, again, with the emotions, if he say the wrong thing, we're already set off. Like it's already okay, went downhill from there. But you, we, we need to also practice just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, we have no discipline, y'all. Mm-hmm. There's no discipline. And we can't want to be, and I'm speaking to the wives out here who are so desperately seeking this, your husband to be saved. Like when, when God says for us to live the life of Christ, like he really meant it. You don't get to choose what time of the day you want to live the life of Christ and then expect him to look at you and say, okay, I accept Jesus. 
Right. You're not Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're looking like one of the demons right now. Mm-hmm. Why would he accept Jesus if you're not? You're bickering, you're complaining, you're you're always so negative, like all of these things which the Holy Spirit can help you remove before you can even have types of conversation like that because there's a self there's a level of discipline. There's a level of humility that has to take place. There's a level of wisdom that needs to be involved in messing with someone who is unsaved because the enemy I'm always going to talk about him because I need people to really understand. We don't want to give him too much value, but Mm -hmm. we need to be alert. We need to be vigilant to know his tactics because they're the same thing over and over and over again. Kill, steal, and destroy. So if he can't kill you, he'll try to steal. What he's going to steal? Your partner, your husband, your, your wife, get him involved in something else that he's not supposed to. You know, things like that. Have him out here lurking and and having his mind busy doing other things because you, the Christian, are not taking care of home. Like, I don't know, having sex with him. Hmm. All of this stuff, if you're wanting this badly, you want to see him save, save yourself first. Hmm. You worry about hmm. your salvation. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so since this is the kingdom sexuality podcast and you okay. just mentioned sex, what, what does, does sex look different in an unequally yoked marriage or like, how, what does that look like for you guys? Man, I want to say I'm really, really blessed because <laughs> I get DMs all the time and mm. I can't, I, I can only sympathize. Yeah. Um, I remember before I was saved one day. I don't know why, but I was like, babe, how about we look at a flick? Hmm. I've never watched it before, but I was just like, that's something that we both can do. It'd be new for us. And he rejected it so quick. Wow. I ain't know why. I just thought, oh, okay, well, you're boring, you know, and kept it moving. (laughs) Yeah. But God knew. Mm -hmm. God knew. So I didn't have any issues. He's not into that thankfully oh lord thank you lord Mm -hmm. but there's there's no there's i I promise you like the only thing that's hindering him is his salvation Mm. he walks and just talks like like a believer right like the way his 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 heart posture let me just say that yeah his heart posture he's always been very humble very and i know that that does not get you into the kingdom of God. If you, you're not confessing and telling that you, Hey, you're my personal savior, but man, I'm telling you, that's the only thing that's lacking, Wow. but I don't have anything that's contrary to what, like God would not honor in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Yeah. I'm not battling that. Yeah. But for those who are battling that, I, I pray, I pray that God would give you the strength and the courage and the wisdom needed to even go through a season because it's just a season. Uh It's just a season. That's all it is. It's just a season. And if you have not prayed, I don't know what your prayer life looks like, but when you're battling this type of thing, you need to be praying morning, noon, and night. Yeah. Morning, noon, and night that God would give him the husband, a, a, a type of revelation, even right. if he doesn't understand, because God can speak through anybody. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay. But to give the revelation of this is not good. This is something that he would immediately wake up and say, oh, I'm over that. Yeah. Because God can do that. Yes. He can. There's nothing that God can't do. So your it's your prayer mm-hmm. that needs to facilitate what you don't want to happen in your marriage. Yeah. It's your prayer. Mm-hmm. If I and I speak life into my husband, I don't care who he thinks he believes or what he doesn't believe. I don't care. That has nothing to do with me. But my my prayer and what I speak in his life every single day is that he is a servant of God. 
that he is going to do great and mighty things in the kingdom, yeah. that he walks and talks with the Holy Spirit. I'm putting things into existence because the same way that I can put positiveness into the into the um, air, <laughs> I can do it negatively and it works. Yeah. Yeah. If I said he was a lazy bum, guess what? Mm. He'll be a lazy bum. But we thank God that he's not a lazy bum. Thank there you, There you go. <laughs> so, Ruth, I have one last question for you before we kind of close this off. Um, so what advice would you give to someone who is in a dating relationship where they already know, like, as a Christian, that the person they're dating isn't a Christian, but they want to pursue this relationship? Like, what would your advice be to someone in that scenario? <laughs> Short answer is... Flirt to convert. <laughs> <laughs> Lord took him. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. But then you don't want to do that either because that might just be a bait, you know, later on. Exactly. Just, it's, no. yeah. Don't do that. I'm joking. It was a good don't joke. It was a good joke. It was a good joke. First of all, I'll say this. There are three types of people living on this earth. Three types. Christians. The non-believers and the lukewarmers. Hmm. But only one type is going to heaven. Only one will decide to follow Christ and actually obey and honor and please because that's just what they took on that decision to follow Christ. That means even the thing that you desire the most, you'll leave it behind because you want to be with Christ. Even the things that you think you can't live without. You're dead you're literally you're 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 what's the you're dead to them. Like it doesn't exist anymore. You're leaving them behind. What's that scripture that says that you leave the old things behind because mm. you have been made new. You've been made new. So, I say that to say they just got to figure out where they fall into those three categories. Right? Because a lukewarm Christian, sure, the, the answer is sure, go ahead. Right. But that's on you. Mm. You're going to have to respond to that. And the consequences that come with it, my dear Lord, you're not even ready. This thing goes beyond. It goes deep. It runs deep. This is two people that you are putting, like you're literally combining yourself together, meaning Every generation bloodline that has had any generational curses now belongs to your generation. So anything, if they didn't believe in God, if they grandfather, they grandpa, they mama, they whatever did not believe in God, chances are like the person that you're pursuing or want to be with that does not believe in God. Guess what? Mm. It seeps through your children. Right. Why would you want to go through that? Yeah. Why would you want to go through consequences? Because the consequences you think are not as, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But these consequences are so tough. But even through that, God says, I'll still be with you. Right. I'll still be with you. But still, he's saying, if you already know my word, if you already know me, then you'll obey me. Mm-hmm. If you already know me, but man, I tell you what, I read a verse the other day that talked about dogs returning to vomit. Yes. Yeah. In Proverbs. And that the clean pig would return back to a mud. Do you know what that means? That means you have already digested his word. You're now a part of his body. He has accepted you into his family and you went back. To your old ways after he's cleaned you up and then you spit him out. Hmm. That's tough. Yeah. But you got to respond to that. So I would say first figure out where you fall. Right. Which category, which one are you? Mm -hmm. And then from there decide because God, man, as much as he, he loves us and he, he, he just wants us for himself, but he is such a God that allows you free will it's up to you, yeah. but he promises so much if you're with him. 
-hmm. Promises so much. So those who are desperately seeking, and I get it. You're desperately seeking this husband. You want to be married and you're looking at the clock and you're just like, oh, I'm 41. I'm 42. Like, when am I going to experience it? They want sex. I mean, ask Paul. Heck, Paul went through some mess. (laughs) But what Paul, what did Paul say? He, because he knew he was like, man, I know y'all can't be still. You know, you want sex. You want to be with somebody because y'all can't be single, you know? But there's a way about it. Like, if we are trusting God, like, we got to go full throttle and say, I'm leaving this in your hands. He knows that you're lonely. He knows yes. that your, your heart's desire. Yes. Just continue to walk yeah. and be in faith. Like continue to do that. Like, uh, P- I always love Peter's story of walking on water because the wind may blow, but the command is, is that God said, come, Come. Yeah. So we have to be able to trust him. Yeah. Even if the distractions, yes, the distractions are there because this six, six foot tall, handsome, voluptuous looking <laughs> and has a great six figure. <laughs> and he has this massive house and all you got to do is move it. It's moving ready. And he has lots of cars and he's giving you, he's giving you all these cars and he's saying, everything that I have is yours. Mm. Why is that not something that's just alarming to you that Satan was doing this very thing to Jesus? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so all of this stuff, that's all you think it's opportunities, but this is just destruction and distraction. Yeah. Just keep walking on this water and follow Jesus. He will bring everything at the right time. Like I literally got Amen. pregnant twice, back to back, had a house, bought two cars. All of it happened at the same time. And just like 10 years ago, I was lonely, depressed, had a single kid, you know, had my kid, mm-hmm. didn't know if I was ever getting married. I was in a wreck. I would lost. I like, he's changing stories every single day. Yes. Yes. And he will yeah. change your story. I promise you, if you are listening, the sound of my voice, I am just asking and pleading and begging that you listen to that small voice. Because when you can hear the small voice and you listen attentively and you obey that small voice, the small voice becomes bigger Hmm. and louder, very hard for you to miss. And that's when you know you are aligned. Everything that he promises, he'll give it to you. He said it with Abraham. He's not lying. He's not a God that can lie. He will never lie to you. Nor will he forsake you even through your loneliness. He is there. Just know that he is there and he sees everything. And I'm telling you just in the nick of time, he's saying, just stand in faith. Just stay for a little while. Endure for a little while. Persevere for a little while because In a little while, I am going to restore you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a little while. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You've been such a gift. Your gift of storytelling and sharing your heart is beautiful. We just so appreciate you and and the the wisdom you bring. It was fantastic. So thank you so, so much. Um, For those who are listening, where can they find you? Um, how can they engage with you or follow you on social media, things like that? Absolutely. So on all my social media platforms, I'm on TikTok, I'm on um, Instagram. I'm getting so tired of them though. It's too many of them. Okay. It's just too many platforms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I, you know, Snapchat died. So, okay. We don't have Snapchat anymore. <laughs> on Instagram, I'm really, really active on Instagram because I believe that's where God has sent me to build this community. I have over 20,000 followers and I praise God for that mm. because prior to I had lost my account. In fact, it got hacked. Oh, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Aww. I lost over 10,000 followers, but you know what? In that moment, God said, do another one. Mm-hmm. And he's continuously like making me do things so that he can get the glory. And I just love seeing that I, it's not my control. It's not me that's bringing this. I can never be. And I'm grateful for you for even allowing me to be on your platform to speak to your community. But I just say, thank you, Lord, yeah. because if it wasn't for him, I could not do this. I felt like a moment. 
Moses, okay? I could not do this <laughs> at all, but I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for you listeners. If you are definitely seeking um, just someone to partner with you in this difficult time, please, please, please follow me because I believe that God is really, really building us up warriors in the kingdom for those who do not know Christ. And it starts within your home. Do not get yeah. discouraged because God is with us and he just needs us to see that his love surrounds us. Like we are not going anywhere. Hmm. Yeah. No, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been perfect. I appreciate y'all. All right, guys, that concludes the episode. We will catch you again next week. Have a good week. Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like our content, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends too. Thanks so much for journeying with us today as we tackled the hard questions and dive deep into godly intimacy. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to see more of our content and check the show notes for any links we might have mentioned in today's episode. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you and we can't wait to see you in the next episode.